does have it all. All of our pre-owned vehicles are Hubler Q certified, which include a 128-point vehicle inspection, a free Carfax vehicle history report, and two warranties. A two-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty and a 30-day, 1,000-mile comprehensive warranty. Visit any of our 13 locations today or click drivehubler.com. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. I'm Brendan King, and for the coach, Bob Lovell. Coach, we'll be back with you next weekend. It's a great night. The Final Four, one game already done, one game happening right now. Here to tell you all about it, Sam Fritz. Good evening, everybody. Pleasure to be here with you again tonight. And guys, I would be amiss not to start with the March Madness action living up to its name. San Diego State in the first of two men's matchups tonight, defeating Florida Atlantic at the buzzer, 72-71. to San Diego State advancing to the finals. Here is that buzzer-beating shot that sent them all the way to the championship match. Pulled down by Mensa. They have the one timeout. Are they going to take it or not? They don't have the scorers on the floor. It's Butler with two seconds. He's got to put it up. With that, San Diego State sealing their fate. They are one half of the championship game. The other half tipped off just a few moments ago. It is UConn versus Miami. UConn up by 10, 14-4. In minor league baseball, the Indianapolis Indians were in action again today, although I bet they wish they'd sheltered in place as the Omaha Storm Chasers decided to lay into them 12-1. The Storm Chasers putting up a total of 16 hits on those 12 runs to the Indians only having five for their one. It's Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. Brendan King with you. Hanging for the weekend. Coach Bob Lovell back with you next weekend as we enter the spring on this program. Of course, last week, the IHSAA Boys Basketball State Finals. Greg Rakestraw was with us last night to break that down and also preview the Indy 11 home opener, which was tonight against Las Vegas. Rake will be with us here in about eight minutes or so to talk about what happened in that match. The 11 and Vegas, it's a nil-nil tie. That's how it finishes out. A draw for the 11 in their home opener. So, again, the voice of the 11, Greg Rakestraw, a familiar voice on this program, will be with us to chat all about it. Then we'll get to some Notre Dame basketball. Micah Shrewsbury, the new head coach of the Fighting Irish as well. At Notre Dame, getting ready for the blue-gold game as they move into the summer. Year two for Marcus Freeman. Nobody better to break down Fighting Irish basketball and football than the great Tom Noy from the South Bend Tribune. He'll be with us at the top of the 10 o'clock hour. Jake Query, the co-host of Kevin and Query on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. We'll stop by at 10.30, IndyCar from Texas tomorrow. So Jake will talk about that and more, including maybe about a little bit of NFL draft. Speaking of racing, Adam Alexander from FS1, the NASCAR race hub from FS1. Saw AA was on the call with Kevin Harvick and Joey Logano in the booth. Looking forward to talking to AA about what that was like. He'll be with us at 1045. You heard Sam Fritz talk about the Indianapolis Indians today. Opening day was yesterday. Game two today, the Hall of Fame play-by-play voice of the Indians. Howard Kelman is going to come by at 11 o'clock. Casey Vallier from the Colts Radio Network at 1115. And the great David Kaplan from ESPN 1000 in Chicago. And the host of the wildly popular recap 
which has been something that Kappa has done in the last number of years. Is posted on YouTube every day, breaking down Cubs, White Sox, and other Chicago sports action. You know we got to get a little bit of Chicago Cubs action here on Indiana Sports Talk, at least when I'm in the driver's seat. Because when Coach Lovell is here, he's a Cardinals fan, and I'm not sure if he's excited enough to talk about the Cubs. That's a joke. But uh, David Kaplan, always appreciate him stopping by. He's going to check in at 1130 here on IST. Hey, want to say this as we get going tonight. Of course, last night we talked all about what happened with the severe weather around the state of Indiana. Many communities were impacted. Always very sad to see, especially that it was really a Midwest-wide type of thing. Governor Eric Holcomb today declaring a disaster emergency for Sullivan and Johnson County. So our thoughts and prayers are with everybody affected by that. And what happened yesterday with all the severe weather ripping across the state of Indiana? I get it. Uh, there was some severe weather in the Chicago suburbs as well. Which, um, which is where my grandparents are, so made sure to call them first thing this morning, make sure that they're okay. So I know a lot of you listening right now were doing the same thing last night. So uh, our thoughts and prayers, everybody with IST, for Sullivan and Johnson counties, especially the pictures that came out of Whiteland today, very, very sad. Um, so whatever we all can do to help the recovery aspect, we will certainly do because that is some scary stuff. But to everybody that was safe last night, we are glad you were, and certainly a scary evening. But rolling into IST on a Saturday night, Brendan King, and for the coach, Bob Lovell, always a pleasure when we get to catch up with Greg Rakestraw from the ISC Sports Network, also the play-by-play voice of the Indy 11, who, in their home opener tonight, draw with the Las Vegas Lights FC, nothing, nothing. Rake, it looks like, at least from the stats I'm looking at, that the 11 completely dominated this thing but just couldn't put one in the net. That's a fair way to describe it. Um, although I'll say this, the, the possession numbers, I've never seen anything like that. It was yeah. one of those things I almost kind of looked at, at the graphics and, and, and thought, really? I knew it was one-sided. I think it was that one-sided. Possession was 80-20. Yeah. I've never seen anything like that. Now, if you break it down to shots and then shots on target, yeah, that number then becomes 4 nothing in favor of the Indy 11. Although I will say this, Las Vegas kind of had one good chance in the match. It was late in the first half, and it was basically a shot that was just lifted above the bar. So in terms of nervous moments, there was not that big of a difference, and most of Indy's came in stoppage time late, a couple of three crosses that could have found the back of the net and didn't. I think Indy knew they'd have to dominate possession, that Las Vegas would go into a very organized defensive shell, and that's kind of what they did. So Indy would have loved to bet the full three points tonight. They'll settle for the one and be an unbeaten to their first three and having given up one goal in the first three games. Hmm. I think long-term, Mark Lowry's team is going to be okay. Nil-nil, the 11, and Las Vegas tonight. Rake, we're right up against it. Can we take a timeout and come back, oh, talk more about this one? You got it. Greg Rakestraw and I will come back next, talk more about the 11, and as Rake just alluded to, dominated tonight in terms of possession, 80-20, that's wild, and then pass accuracy, how about this, 87% pass accuracy for the 11, Vegas, 53%. We'll talk more about USL and the Indy 11 right after this on IST. Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk on a Saturday night. I'm Brendan King with Sam Fritz and Brad Huber rejoining us. From the ISC Sports Network, play-by-play voice of the Indy 11, Greg Rakestraw is with us after the 11 draw with Las Vegas Lights FC. Nil-nil, 
right before the break, we were talking about just the discrepancy between the 11 and the lights in terms of what happened with possession and pass accuracy and whatnot. But last night, you were talking to us about what the 11 did in the offseason and the depth that they added to that roster. Could you see signs of that tonight? Oh, sure, absolutely. You know, the fact that they were that dominant in terms of the possession, obviously, you know, kind of catches your attention as to what they did. Um, and, and largely, it was the exact same lineup that Mark Lowry trotted out last Saturday. But some of the key names that were brought in, guys like Cam Lindley, obviously a local product from Garen Catholic High School, uh, Aiden Quinn, Jack Blake, Sebastian Guenzotti, was really a couple of the guys that were kind of the last additions to the team that caught my attention tonight. Adrian Despay, who was brought in uh, at, at the end of February, beginning of March, about a m- week or so before the season opener in Tampa Bay. Uh, Adrian is from Cuba, first Cuban to play for the Indy 11. He had played in our league for the last few years, saw him in Tulsa last year, but he was absolutely spectacular. You know, let's face it, it was a back line that wasn't overly challenged tonight by Las Vegas. But yet, in the few moments that where they would have an opportunity, Adrian was all over the map. He was absolutely tremendous. The last guy brought in, and he in fact wasn't here for the for the league opener, Douglas Martinez, who has played in our league for the better part of the last five or six years. He is from Honduras, has spent some time in Major League Soccer with Real Salt Lake. He was a real workhorse up front for the Indy 11 as well. So, again, tonight was the night where simply Indy couldn't find the back of the net, didn't have a lot of shots, but controlled the possession. And if you control the possession in the fashion in which the Indy 11 did, frankly, you're not going to lose a lot of games, and you're going to be a very tough out come playoff time. Now, playoff time is a long way away. It's more than six months away. Our regular season goes through October the 14th. But uh, tonight was an indication that uh, this is going to be a very tough team to beat all year long. I think it's going to be a really good season for Indy 11 and for Indy 11 fans. Two minutes here, Rake. I want to get your thoughts on this before we go, and I know you were on the air while it was happening, but Florida Atlantic losing on a buzzer beater to San Diego State. Unbelievable shot from Lamont Butler, kicks Dusty May, and the Owls out of the tournament. But just from a historical type of thing, I was talking with Matt Schumacher last night about you know this kind of having shades of Butler VCU when it came to upsets and the runs that FAU has made and you know nobody picked San Diego State despite them being a spectacular team but FAU just as an underdog how do you think they're going to be remembered compared to some of the other great March Madness runs you know I mean I, I think this is you know you, you think of, of the non-power conference schools and even when VCU made it they, I mean they I believe they were in the A-10 at that point I yes. think yes if not they're in the Colonial Athletic Association but for a team to come from a league that, that more or less is disbanding in Conference USA, because um, the stat w- was remarkable, Charlotte won the, uh, the CBI, North Texas won the NIT, and Florida Atlantic makes the Final Four. And all three of those teams are from Conference USA, and they're going to the American Athletic Association <laughs> next year. So, you know, what Florida Atlantic did – is one of the great runs in the history of the tournament. And, yes, I I know they got the benefit of not having to beat the number one seed in Purdue. They played the number 16 in Fairleigh Dickinson instead. So the path opened up for them a little bit. But the fact that they were able to go, not just from being a nine seed, but a nine seed from really a a mid-level to to a lower-level conference is kind of sadly what Conference USA has turned into. It wasn't – 
in the, in the way the teams played this year. But the run that they made was just absolutely tremendous. So mm. disappointing, I know, but still a heck of a run for Dusty May and company. Greg Rakestraw from the ISC Sports Network and the Indy 11. Rake, always appreciate the time. My last show, I'll catch you a little later this summer, my man. Have fun in South Bend, my friend. Take care. Thanks, Rake. Coming up next, scoreboard update with Sam Fritz. We're coming back on IST. All right, keeping our eyes on the NCAA men's basketball tournament. Miami has clawed back into this game about halfway through the first half. UConn still up by three, but the game much closer now, 21-19. to 19. Of course, as you heard earlier, San Diego State advancing in their earlier matchup against Florida, or against Florida Atlantic. Lots of baseball being played today. The White Sox fell yet again to the Houston Astros, 6-4. The St. Louis Cardinals were victorious over the Toronto Blue Jays, 4-1. The Chicago Cubs fell short against the Milwaukee Brewers, 3-1. The Texas Rangers absolutely decimated the Philadelphia Phillies, 16-3. San Francisco Giants beat the Yankees, 7-5. The Braves were up over the Nationals, 7-1. The Angels absolutely wiped the Athletics 13-1. The Twins beat the Royals 2-0. And then your Cincinnati Reds beat the Pittsburgh Pirates, getting their first win of the season 6-2. Tampa Bay Devil Rays beat the Detroit Tigers 12-2. New York Mets were victorious over the Miami Marlins 6-2. The Boston Red Sox eked one out over the Baltimore Orioles 9-8. And now we're at games in progress. The San Diego Padres are up over the Colorado Rockies 4-0. Diamondbacks are up. Are, I'm sorry, are falling behind the Los Angeles Dodgers. The Dodgers winning that one in the bottom of the second, five to one. And the Cleveland Guardians and Seattle Mariners just got started with their first pitch, but a few minutes ago, that game is zero zero at the top of the first. One more time, Indianapolis Indians were in action earlier today, and they lost to the Omaha Storm Chasers twelve to one. Storm Chasers sixteen hits to the Indians five. For Never Canadian Sports, I'm Sam Fritz. It's Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. I'm Brendan King. And for the coach, Bob Lovell, who is back with you next weekend with Sam Fritz and Brad Huber. Brad, you were saying last night that you weren't necessarily truly affected by the storm, but I think everybody was radar watchers last night. That got pretty spooky. It got very spooky last night, and uh, I'll have to admit, watching that tornado with, that was a confirmed tornado come up through Sullivan, come up from the southwest, and uh, I feel that it kind of sucked in some wind there a little bit because uh, if it stayed on its track to the northeast, we were going to be in some trouble in the Canby area. But uh, thankfully for us, unfortunately for a lot of people, it went east into Martinsville and up through Whiteland and a lot of damage. We drove up to Lafayette today to be with my in-laws and saw a lot of damage just north of Thorntown, uh, a barn and a house destroyed up there. Mm. Uh, fortunately, it's a rural area, but... We got our first taste of severe weather this year, and uh, I guess it's uh, start beginning uh, here in Indiana in the spring. I know we might see another round, unfortunately, on Tuesday. Sam Fritz, you able to get home okay last night? Yeah, we were okay last night. Uh, we had our power flicker a little bit, but uh, other than that, stayed on. Uh, my in-laws lost power up in Lafayette all of last night and finally got it late this morning. But uh, where we were, uh, no damage, and uh, yeah thankful yeah i mean prayers just go out for sullivan and johnson counties again governor holcomb declared a disaster emergency for those counties today and then you know the pictures that came out of whiteland were super sad so again just all the thoughts are with the communities affected that's really scary and again as i said at the top of the show i get it i first thing this morning those storms ripped through the chicagoland suburbs too 
Uh, first thing this morning, I called my grandparents, made sure they were okay. They live in a really old school house that was built in probably the 60s. And, you know, they don't know when the last time a new roof was put on that. I mean, as for an example, when Hurricane Ian passed through Florida, my parents, who spend most of their time nowadays in Naples, Florida, which is also a popular destination spot for the Lovell family, uh, my parents, their condo was unaffected when a lot other spots in Naples or Fort Myers were either destroyed or really affected. And the landlord literally came to my mom and dad saying, listen, you got a new roof put on the condo when, when COVID was going on. And if you didn't, the place would have been ripped apart. So it is just those type of life or death decisions that can have all the effects. So again, it, if you are listening and um, you or someone you know is affected by the storm, we are certainly all with you and we are thinking about you. As for what's happening tonight from the Final Four FAU, their Cinderella run comes to an end, 72-71 at the hands of San Diego State. I was talking about this last night, uh, of what San Diego State has built. And Matt Schumacher Great play-by-play voice for Fox Sports made a really nice point that, look, San Diego State, remember, when the tournament was canceled in 2020, San Diego State was one of the best teams in the country. They were a 31 team. The next year, they were a 31 team, and they were one of the best teams in the country. This is not a one-off thing for San Diego State. It just so happens to be they were a five seed in a section of the bracket that had the number one seed in the tournament, a top five pick in the NBA draft, and the Arizona Wildcats, who were my champion heading into this, by the way, and then lost in the first round to Princeton, right? So nobody in their right mind picked San Diego State. If you did, I'm very impressed by your decision. But everybody and their brother picked Alabama, Arizona, or somebody else to come out of that section. So are they necessarily a Cinderella? No. But when it comes to who was picked over them, yes, because nobody picked them. They're a five seed, but they're not your ordinary five seed because they, most people had them losing in around 32. That's not the case anymore. They're going to the national championship game. Uh, you know, with San Diego State and the fact that they're going to the Natty, people, the Florida Atlantic effect is going to drift out here pretty quick. The conversation is going to become San Diego State against whoever wins here between UConn and Miami, which is a great game to begin things. But what FAU did, and that's why I asked Greg Rakestraw about it before we went to break last segment, of how they stack up to other Cinderella's. You know, FAU is coached by a guy that has no business being in in the state of Florida. D- Dusty May, the program that he has built at FAU, warrants him being at a bigger basketball school. But this is his opportunity and his coming out party. Here's the thing about Dusty May, though. Dusty May should not leave FAU. It would be a major mistake right now for him to leave FAU because he can put himself in a section of coaches if they go on a similar run next year. And Rake just mentioned that they're changing conferences. It's not going to be easy because they had a decent enough conference this year, and next year it's just going to get better when they move. But if Dusty May somehow, some way, sneaks himself into the tournament next year and they go not on a Final Four run, if they go to the Sweet 16, If they win two games in the tournament next year, Dusty May could start to put himself in a conversation where he doesn't have to go like somewhere of a mid-ground to get his big job. Some coaches go from, just as an example, an FAU, then to a school, and this is no disrespect to the Big East, then to a school like a a Providence or a St. John's, which might then might be a jumping point 
to a Kentucky, to a Blue Blood, to an Indiana, to a Texas Tech, to a Texas, right? Dusty May, if he does something similar at FAU next year, the guy will not only never have to buy a drink again in the state of Florida, but as well, he's going to get a primetime college basketball job. But it's also not worth him leaving right now. It's already late. It's April. It's April Fool's Day. It is very, very late to now accept a head coaching job unless you're really damn sure about it. Texas is filled. Rodney Terry, their interim after Chris Beard, that whole situation went down. Rodney Terry is the now the men's basketball coach at Texas full-time. Chris Beard, by the way, went to Old Miss. Texas Tech today just hired Grant McCasland, who was the head coach at North Texas from elsewhere in that conference. So McCasland now goes from North Texas to Texas Tech. That's a pretty good move for him. But Dusty May doesn't have to go to like a mid-ground program that's already developed, but it's not necessarily a blue blood. Dusty May should stay at FAU, try and put himself in the upper echelon of coaches that gets a Cinderella team to a tournament twice. And you know who's there? Brad Stevens. That is the list. That is the literal list. And if Dusty May joins that list, look, Dusty May is going to be coaching a blue blood not too long from now. The story tonight, though, Lamont Butler and San Diego State to the natty. UConn and Miami happening right now. Coming up, top of the hour scoreboard update with Sam Fritz. I'm Brendan King and for Coach Level on IST.